Hey there, Bulldogs, and welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Tassel. This is your host, Carla Quintanilla. I am a marketing major at the sales class of 2021, and I am so delighted to be hosting this podcast with the purpose of reconnecting with our alumni and informing current students like you about the endless possibilities beyond college. Prepare to be inspired through the incredible stories of our alumni and learn valuable insights from their career journey. We are here to help you spark your career curiosity and encourage you to begin exploring your future possibilities. Now, without further ado, let's get started with this week's guest. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Tassel. This is your host, Carla, and I have a really special guest that we all know (laughs) from the other show of the sales career cast and that is Kylie Shivok. Hi Kylie. Hi Carla, how are you doing? I'm good. It's a warm um, evening on yes. a Monday. So it's, uh, it's kind of like you know at the beginning of the week but it's warm makes you a little tired. So I also just came back from work. Yep I also came from work. So yeah. but all is well <laughs> you know I feel like time is flying this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's almost July. Almost July now. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I feel like May was yesterday. Yep. But, you know, but I think it's good though, because we are, I think it shows that we're being productive and have things going on. Whereas last year when we were quarantined, we had just one thing to do. And that was planning for the podcast here. Yeah. Uh, so, so happy to be talking to you on the other side of the spectrum where you are <laughs> in the, dis- in the, um, be on the tassel rather than the career chat and I feel oh, like no. <laughs> we've gotten to know each other's like work collaboration and stuff but not really mm-hmm. uh, talk to you about your history with your career and with your um, plans after college so I would love to just hear from you for the first time you know what you've been up to but tell us just a little bit about yourself on the surface what have you oh, been up goodness. to Well, hello everyone. My name is Kylie. I am an alumni of DeSales University. So I graduated in 2020 in the midst of a pandemic. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. I graduated with my bachelor's in biology, which was very, very amazing. Um, I did not actually start at DeSales. So I grew up in Bethlehem my entire life. So like 15 minutes from DeSales or so. So I actually did my first two years at Rutgers so different from what I was used to. I went to private school growing up and to transfer to a school where your classes are like 300 people, just astounding. First off, I didn't even know that was possible. Secondly, (laughs) you know, I met so many different people from so many different walks of life Mm -hmm. that it was just so incredible and eye-opening. And then my sophomore year, I ended up getting ill. I got diagnosed with irritable bowel syndrome. And although something that Um, was really unfortunate in terms of a health issue that I had to figure out and now something that I live with because it's a chronic health issue. It was also a blessing because it made me um, become way more interested in medicine. So my mom is a nurse practitioner. She actually has four degrees from DeSales and she, Uh she works in healthcare and she has, you know, ever since I was born. And so healthcare was always something that was in the back of my mind, but not something that I felt was for me at first. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, in high school, I didn't do super well in my classes. And so I kind of felt like 
I wasn't smart enough or I wasn't the stereotypical person that would go into medicine. And so it was through my diagnosis and coming to DeSales that I realized, you know, I'm going to go full in this. And so I did my final two years at DeSales. I did a lot of stuff there. I was the president of the Association for Women in Science. I helped take 10 students to a conference in Philadelphia, the Pennsylvania Conference for Women. I was involved in a bunch of clubs. I was involved in a bunch of research labs. I also worked at the Career Development Center, which is how this entire podcast started. Yeah. And then I also worked as a pacer. So I definitely got myself involved a lot. I also worked in healthcare. So I worked at a hospital as a uh, mental health technician. I now work as a medication associate at a local nursing home personal care community. And I also work in ophthalmology. So I'm an ophthalmology technician and scribe. So I kind of have my hands in a lot of different baskets right now. And I'm also currently applying to medical school. So I just took my MCAT uh, three days ago, two days ago. Wow, you go girl. Um, And I sent out all my applications and now I am just sort of waiting. And it's been a ride. And any time that I can help, anyone along their journey or just give some advice that I wish I had heard years before I will be happy to do so yeah wow Kylie you have a lot you've had a lot going on and a lot of growth experiences it it shows you've had those pivot points throughout your college career and even just now (laughs) figuring out things like like medical school and its own intricacies, uh, as well as your journey with being in healthcare. And it's funny mm-hmm. that you say that idea of uh, not feeling equipped enough to pursue something. Mm-hmm. Like many people think like high school is the, the perfect time to determine your future calling, but really yeah. you start discovering different things about yourself throughout college and even beyond college in your career that you wouldn't even necessarily know. I think that's part of your growth mindset mm-hmm. that we don't really develop much in our high school years because everything's being told like make a decision now, you know, make sure. Yeah. I mean, for a good reason, because you have to take the first step, but uh, it's, it's wonderful that you get to discover new things about yourself as you go along the ride. And I think you have definitely been uh, uh, an example of that. So when you decided to move to the sales and transfer, mm-hmm. what was your purpose and desire to, um, to do at the sales and, uh, and pursue this major and start your life again? Like what was kind of your vision when you said, oh made goodness. this decision to move? Yeah. So I just remember being, not only was I moving for my health, but I was also moving because I didn't feel like I was myself at Rutgers. I felt like I was very reserved. And I think that there were almost too many people for me to even, I don't know, stand a chance. I felt like I didn't have any time to professionally develop. I was sort of just treading water, getting through the classes. And that was sort of it. Um, And I really made a promise to myself that when I came to DeSales, I was going to make the most of it. I was going to do the things I've always wanted to do because I've always been type A. I always want to be busy. But when I was at Rutgers, I was never able to because it's almost too overwhelming. There were so many things you could do that you could never pick just one. And when you're in a club, your chances of being in a leadership position are one in 300 because there's 300 other people in the club. Yeah. So I really wanted to use this time to 
invest in my future and sort of invest in my career. And so one of the first things I did when I went to the sales is I went around and I introduced myself to all the science faculty. So I knocked on all their doors during their office hours and I said, hi, my name's Kylie. I'm a transfer student. I just wanted to let you know that I'm like joining the major. And so awesome. I kind of love that I did that for myself. And I thank myself for that because I really set the tone for the kind of person that I've always wanted to be and I am. Um, but I was giving myself that opportunity to sort of grow into that. Yeah. And so that was just a very transformative moment for me and sort of set the pace for what I wanted to accomplish at the sales, which was to really figure out who I am, utilize the leadership skills that I knew I always had. Yeah. Um, but I just needed a little bit of encouragement first. Sure. So now I think like, have I had I gone back to Rutgers or if I were in a larger institution for some higher level of education, I really think I would do, excel. I think yeah. that because I was young and immature, I really needed that moment and that little nudge in the right direction. Yeah. And it did me wonders. And I absolutely love sales and everything that sales has offered me. And I cannot thank everyone at sales enough for, you know, giving me the opportunities that have been awarded to me and the faith that professors and faculty have given to me to do the things that I've have done. Yeah. I think you said that wonderfully. One of the things that I, it makes me think about is the value of setting your intentions, right? Mm -hmm. Like you said, you could have decided to stick with that one thing in the, in at Rutgers and actually gazelled at it, but it was that shift in mindset that actually allowed you, that the sales allowed you to succeed in this new major, in this new like college, but it's mm -hmm. all about the value of setting your intentions about what you want to do. And sometimes it is uh, once you discover the thing that really drives you, like for you, yeah. it was changing that major and like pursuing biology, right? That, mm -hmm. Was that your, was that your only major? Um, so that was my only major to sales. I had started at Rutgers as a psychology major. Okay. Sort of being like one of those students that was like, I don't really know what I want to do, but I know I like yeah. this thing. Uh, yeah. But I really didn't once I had learned about the career prospects in psychology, I was like, I don't think this is right for me, but I don't really have anything else that I like right now. So right. I was stuck in this weird position, but yeah, biology was my only major into sales. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I'm glad you found, you were able to find that, um, earlier on in your in your career mm -hmm. because now you've been really su successful at it and found the opportunities that work for you and that and it shows that you know you're very involved even after you graduated and oh you're gosh, setting yeah. those intentions towards that career path and and mm -hmm. you know right now there is still that big um season like that big season of your life which is going to be medical school that yeah. you haven't even come across that but it's you're headed the right direction yes. and I think that's a really <laughs> good thing for uh younger uh, graduates is that you're coming out of college with endless possibilities right that's kind of the things I say mm -hmm. in our in our introduction of beyond the test so there's endless endless possibilities you get to pick and choose through your decisions and involvement what which direction you're headed on like mm -hmm. I I'm graduating with a marketing major there is 30 people students who are also graduating with 30 with um with a marketing major but mm -hmm. everyone's gonna end up in a different uh, field most oh, likely absolutely. right we're not yeah. just going to end up in the same company or in the same type of uh, marketing industry but it's about setting those intentions where do I really want to go and you yeah. start taking those smaller steps well Kylie what is one 
uh, of the challenging things you would say about uh, the healthcare field and and medical school and everything, anything you've come across specifically also in graduating in the middle of a pandemic, was there any sort of like eye-opening experiences that you that you had that really made you, that shaped your mindset or even just the, the direction you were headed? I hope it makes sense what I'm trying to ask. Yeah, of course. So I think one of the challenges that I've continually come across and continue to face, but as I get older, and have more experiences under my belt, I feel like I face better every single time that it happens, is one, being able to accept failure and understand that it's not the end of the world. And two, living and living with the idea that you don't have to compare yourselves to others. Mm. So I think that especially being in a competitive major and not major, but being pre-med is competitive in and of itself. You're competing for seats in medical school. Yeah, I think that you can end up in this twisted cycle of comparing yourself to other people. And I think we lose sight of the fact that we're all unique. We're all worthy of, you know, going to medical school just because someone had a 4.0 doesn't mean that they should automatically become a physician. Yeah. And I think putting that aside and realizing that there's so much more to a person than their their grades, firstly. And just because you may have a failure in a class or you did bad on a test, it does not mean it's the end of the world for your career. And especially, particularly as a woman coming into STEM and medicine as well, there's so many other barriers. There's people saying, you know, you want to go into medicine and you want to be a surgeon. Well, what about the prospects of a family? And so there's so many other pressures on you that um, other students may not have to deal with. And I think it's really about staying steadfast in your ideals and having that faith in yourself. And it doesn't happen overnight. But I think that the more challenges you face, the more you can realize that you can face them and get through them. Yeah. In the moment, it's scary. But once you get through it, you're on the other side and you're like, oh my goodness, I got through it. I'm awesome. I did it now let's go face the next thing, right? So it doesn't end, but every single time you start to gain more and more momentum and more and more faith in yourself as well. Yeah, I'm wondering, this is like a question I don't think I... I previewed for you, but I want to ask okay. you the the type of um, environment that there is at the sales and in the learning in the learning experience mm-hmm. for uh, biology, and also what you would expect in the future. But the idea of com- having confidence in yourself, raising your hand, being able to have an opinion uh, and excel in the class because you're. Uh, genuinely invested and you want to share, you know, your knowledge with others as well. Um, is there anything that you came across while you were in, in the classroom that you would advise people not to do? Like, like, oh, I wish I raised my hands more. I wish I was more confident in myself to speak out and do things. Like, I think yeah. that sometimes you can do very, very well by getting out of your comfort zone and asking questions mm-hmm. or asking, you know, um, or doing things uh, to, to kind of make a difference in, in your learning experience rather than just receiving all the lectures and just taking yeah. it in, like kind of challenging that idea. Yeah, I wish that I asked way more questions. I would sit in class and I would have absolutely no idea what's going on. None, yeah. 
no clue. And I just wouldn't say anything. Yeah. Because I thought it wasn't, you know, worth the time and that everyone else completely understood, which is absolute garbage. Because if you're (laughs) thinking it, it means that someone else is also just as confused. And I think that like, I had this whole idea in my head that, you know, everyone was smarter and everyone just got it. And that's not how it is at all. (laughs) And I think that you asking questions and being really invested and, you know, maybe getting a little frustrated because you don't understand something shows that you're invested in the material. And therefore, you know, you think you're inconveniencing professors by, you know, asking all these questions. You're not because they know that you want to know it because you're spending all this time trying to know it. But if you sit there and you just like in your own world and you don't actually know what's going on, then well, you're not going to know it for later on, firstly. And secondly, I wish, and I did later on, but I wish I had earlier on learn to learn, not to study for tests. So you need to learn how to study for tests, but you also need to learn how to use that information later on. Yeah. Um, Particularly with a test like the MCAT, which is the test you have to take before applying to medical school, It is all the information you have learned over the past four years of your college career. If you learn to just study for a test and then you forget all of that information, you are not going to do well on that test. And it's just one of those things where the information comes up again and you have to realize that um, you have to invest time in learning this stuff, not just for a single test and then forgetting it for the rest of your life. And I think that also makes learning the material easier easier if you're interested in enough to like go out of your way to learn it you'll probably make it stick a lot longer too yeah do you have any um study tips for those that are um preparing for the mcat exam and knowing that you've gone through it once correct yes uh twice so i took it twice you took it twice yeah so this is my second time so the first time i did perfectly fine i just wasn't me being type a and being the person i am I was not completely happy with my score. I thought I could do better. And I think that a lot of it is because of nerves, which is why I think that you need to have a really, this is so much easier said than done. But the second time I took it, it was so much better because I was just so relaxed. There was not a care in the world. I was like, I've taken a million of these. It's fine. I've seen the test before. Being relaxed changes your mindset completely. Mm. You're not panicked. You're not trying to pull information out of your brain rapidly. It just all sort of happens. Yeah. And that's a big study tip and sort of just test taking strategy. Another one that I would suggest is a application called Anki, which is a kind of like Quizlet, but it's better. <laughs> like so you can like set the repetition so you'll see the card like every few days or something. Whereas Quizlet, like you can just run through them. Uh I really liked it studying for the MCAT. I thought it was really helpful. And I know it's something that a lot of students use in medical school too. And I kind of had wished that I had used during undergraduate as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sometimes we find out about those like really cool hacks, Mm -hmm. uh, study hacks after after we graduate. And you're like, I'm so used to that for this class. (laughs) 
Um, well, thank you for that. And I, I'm just, you know, super interested in, and that's why I love hosting the podcast is because you get to learn about people's career fields mm -hmm. and what they're interested in, how they've gone through it, but you're just kind of getting started. You're just kind of like getting the same yeah. thing and you have again, that next step of your education, but can you tell me just kind of what your intentions are going into medical school, knowing that you've had um, your undergrad to go through and like educational experience. What are some of your intentions for medical school? What are some things that are your long, and then what are some things that are your long-term goals for this career field that you're getting to? Of course. So my intentions have always been to uh, give back as much as possible, give back to the people who have given so much to me and sort of emulate that in my future career. So personally, I would love to work in an academic hospital. What an academic hospital is, is a hospital that also has a lot of students. So medical students, PA students, mm -hmm. there's a lot of different people who need a lot of teaching. So when you are an attending, you've gone through your medical school and your residency, you become the person that teaches. And I would love the opportunity to help teach others, help mentor other students who are going through these things and also help with undergraduates who are maybe shadowing to wanna eventually go to medical school because I've looked up to these attending and these residents for years now and to be one of them one day and to be able to be a mentor to an undergraduate, it just seems like an absolute dream. Yeah. In terms yeah. of the actual content and sort of what I want to go into. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm really interested in a lot of different things. Um, yeah. So it makes it kind of difficult to narrow it down, but I definitely know that I want to learn as much as I can about other populations of people that are not like myself and learn as much as I can about the experiences of others so that I can be a better physician. Because I know sometimes we think that our experiences are kind of the only things that we know. Yeah, and it's so important to know how other people experience healthcare because it's not the same. And that's something mm -hmm. that I really want to put a focus on when I'm going through medical school is learning from people who have had different experiences because my experience yeah. is nothing like the person who, you know, had to go through all these extra treatments or may feel as if they can't trust their physician and things like that sure. that I know nothing about. So that's a very big intention as I go through medical school and beyond. Yeah, that's a great point you bring out is, and I think it applies to anyone that's providing a service and mm -hmm. having that bond with your client or customer or patient is knowing uh, the background and trying to empathize and also be compassionate about the other side. Yeah. I'll tell you because uh, as a physician, obviously you have a responsibility uh, and trust that you need to have to to take care of the patient and for them to trust you that you're going to do the right mm -hmm. thing. And for me, one of the things that I uh, that I had when I was little is I didn't know English. So it was interesting, the patient to a doctor experience for me that I didn't speak English to try to understand what they were trying to tell me, the way they were trying yeah. to educate me about my own health. So I think I'm really happy that there are uh, people like you who are invested in those areas. I think it's a super important thing in order to improve the patient to um, to physician relationship. I think it's something that I'm sure exists out there. Uh, mm -hmm. Have you had any experiences with just that being a topic that uh, physicians talk about in the workplace? Oh my goodness. So I work in ophthalmology and we have patients come in all the time who either can't speak English, uh, either speak Spanish, speak French, 
um, speak Greece, Greek. Um, so it's always a very interesting experience. And it definitely makes you think about how they're viewing the conversation because you're saying one thing to them and they're picking up bits and pieces of things that they may understand because they might not be fluent. Mm-hmm. Um, but you wonder how much they're actually understanding and how they're feeling about it because it's difficult to sort of have that conversation the same way. So I've really been thinking about, you know, how can we make this more comfortable for patients and how can we make them trust us more? Because personally, like if I didn't understand what someone was saying, I wouldn't trust them very much. Um, So it's one of those things where, you know, when you put yourself in someone else's shoes, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So I've been trying my best to learn medical Spanish, um, but it's kind of self-taught, not through a class or anything. So it's taking a little bit more time than it would if I took a class or something. But I'm just trying to make those early steps to set myself up for a good position. Mm -hmm. Also, you know, working in healthcare, you see so many different people's situations, people who can't pay for their prescriptions, people who can't afford to come to the doctor's office all the time and who can't afford the treatments that people may be recommending. And so being able to see their situation and understand sort of what's going on in their life, even though I'm not the physician, it's a great sort of beginning experience to sort of what I will be facing eventually and sort of how I can be thinking about how to make their experience better and how I can be helpful to them. Can I look up coupons for them to use at their pharmacy, things like that, that, you know, we might not think of right away because we've never had to do it ourselves. Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that's part of um, that um, careers is you get to learn in your field and your job specifically, what are some uh, problems or what are some like um, patterns that you see and mm-hmm. you work with or in the people you serve. Um, and I think that that's something that school doesn't teach you because, because every it's different for every field. It's different yeah. for every company. Um, but I, I'm glad you bring this light to that, this specific thing that you have seen. Uh, and I'm sure like people who are going into this field, just starting might not have that idea yet. And they'll come across different things anyways. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that's, that's why I, it's important to talk about things like that, or it's important to network and, and have yeah. mentors because they'll teach you things that they've seen in their own perspective and things mm-hmm. that might be real in their fields. So thank you for sharing that. Um, of course. Now, just to ask you a few more questions about things you would advise for people that are in, in this you know field. What are some success, successful habits that students should adapt while they are in college to um, to come out of college and feel ready to go on to the next step? Is there anything that you wish you did or something that you practiced that really worked out for you? So I really think that um, kind of, I like how you said it before, setting your intentions mm-hmm. is really, really helpful. I did it in my mind, but I really wish I had been one of those people that had written down exactly my goals. I have a box now. I'm actually in the process of doing this, um, but I have a box and I want to put all of my future goals written down in it. That way they're somewhere tangibly that, you know, I can't like go back on it or anything. Um, You know, we we set up all these ideas in our mind. You say, we're going to do this tomorrow. We're going to work out tomorrow, all these things. Um, But it really, it changes it when it's written down. And I wish it's something that I had done more of in college. It's just, you know, really making these goals for myself and also making a plan. 
I was a big planner and it really saved me a lot. Like I was the person my junior year coming in that had already planned out all the classes I was taking till the end of my senior year. I was just one of those people. I know some people aren't, but I think that it's really beneficial because I think it makes everything so much less stressful. Yeah. Um, so I think that all these things that seem people think are a little bit extra are actually really great ways to sort of get ahead and to not be so stressed later on. Yeah. And I would, I wished I did more of that, just being more proactive in my thinking and being more cognizant of my timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, those four years go by very quickly and the last thing you want. Much quicker than you think. Yeah. uh, Is, is trying to like, I think the more proactive you are during college, the less time you might find yourself um, figuring things out after. So, yes. you, you know, people take maybe six months to a year to find something, a good job or, you know, something that works for them, a good plan. Mm-hmm. But you can totally, you know, there are those students who will actually end up finding a job immediately right after college because maybe they've done a little bit more uh, input in those in that uh, area of their life than others that might just be worrying about getting the grade or getting a good grade. Like we have to be able to balance and set new, you know, their intentions than just the academics. Um, I think there's a big thing. I think that's another thing that career development at our school does so well is they teach you. It's not just about your grade, but actually about your experiences, about planning, career prep. That's what we do best, you know? Yeah. And that's so important, especially if you're going into anything within the medical field, anything where you need to go to another level, like a master's or an MD or a PA or a PhD. Um, You need to be able to juggle everything because when you go to admissions committee, they're going to ask you, what are your grades? What was your MCAT score? What are all the activities that you've done over the last four years? Have you been in any leadership? Have you done any service? Have you done community service within healthcare? Have you worked within healthcare? Have you shadowed? And they're asking you all these questions and you realize, oh my gosh, there's so many things I need to juggle. And I think everyone gets into this mindset that like grades are everything. I did not have perfect grades. I am not the perfect student. Um, But when you learn how to juggle everything, you learn how to be a better student. I did the best in my college career when I was the busiest. Yeah. Which I got a 4.0 my last semester and I got a, like a three, nine or something. I got like all A's and then a minus when I was working two part-time jobs, no three part-time jobs and doing all these like extra things. Now I'm not saying that everyone is like that and they need to do a bunch of things, but I'm just saying that focusing on other things doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to do bad in your classes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Just having, adapting the good habits that work out for you, whether it is you know, as Kylie advises, is being proactive and making a plan. But even if it is just learning how to learn to get those yeah. grades or, or being aware about what you're getting into post, post-grad, um, it's important. Uh, it's important to do things outside of the classroom. And I think that's exactly what we're doing right now as we mm-hmm. speak, is we're doing things outside of the classroom through learning. This is still education. This mm-hmm. is still what you call conversational education. Yeah. You start learning new things about your uh, about your field that you didn't know about. So 
things like that. Okay, Kylie. So as my last question for you, I want to know what is your what was your favorite part about the sales that you that you really enjoyed? Oh my goodness. <laughs> First off, there's so many. But <laughs> <laughs> I think that one of my favorite things is the people. I'll expand a little bit. Um, I think that all the professors were so invested in my uh, like academic career and just where I was going. And it made all the difference. Mm -hmm. um, people like Dr. Himmelberger, who has had so much faith in me and who has supported me along all of this um, and deals with my insanity sometimes. <laughs> Um, and like Dr. G and Dr. Slee, who I've worked with on um, a paper that we wrote together, you know, the support from the, the faculty has been amazing because you tell them you want to do something and they say, okay, how can I help? Yeah. Um, which I think is absolutely amazing. Um, like I had just mentioned, like Dr. Slee, they'd done a experiment, like help set up an experiment in a class we made up our own like hypothesis and things like that. And I told Dr. Slee, I said, Dr. Slee, I think I want to write a paper about it. And he said, okay, let's do it. <laughs> and it was just, you know, there's nothing better than feeling like your professors and faculty support you. And even with the Career Development Center, I mean, they have been cheering me on along the way and has made me feel so incredibly welcome and supported. Mm -hmm. And it just makes me want to give back to others when I'm in the position to give back in terms of supporting other students. And, you know, it's just, it's a wonderful feeling that I, I don't think you can replicate anywhere else. I think that it's just, it really hits that message of uh, Salesian spirituality that's, you know, giving that kindness to other people and like, they'll give it back to you. And it really sort of hits home with the sales and makes you feel like, I don't know, it just makes you feel so supported to be there and really happy to be there too. So I agree. That's Salesian solidarity, I think it is. Salesian solidarity. I don't know why I said spirituality. That's a class I took. <laughs> but yeah, it's really true. I think that's the beauty of being in a smaller community. But I think I've heard it multiple times from alumni that the sales curates this kind of uh, knit community that's uh, that serves and that's always wanting mm -hmm. to give back whether it's through mentorship through funding through a lot of things so we hope to continue that as years go by we hope that you will keep us updated with everything that goes on in your career post Absolutely. yeah post career chat post oh my goodness <laughs> as you know we are um you know going through this other part of recruitment um but yes thank you so much we're showing me your professional side of Kylie as I don't know you more personally. Uh, and I hope that you can keep us updated. Um, if anyone wants to connect with you, the best way to do so is through LinkedIn, right? Mm -hmm. So we can go ahead and place your LinkedIn link um, in our bio so that anyone that wants to get in touch with you to ask you questions about MCAT or medical school, or even just what you're doing right now uh, before you get into med school, they can get in contact with you, okay? Wonderful. Thank you Yay. so much, Carla, for having me. Of course. Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you next semester. Yay. Bye. Bye. 
Thank you once again for tuning in to today's episode of Beyond the Tassel. It is our pride to present the success stories of our DeSales alumni via a podcast. If you are a DeSales alumni and would like to become a TSU mentor, you can contact melanie.valone at desales.edu. And if you are currently a DeSales student and would like to connect with an alumni in your field, you can contact kathy.kraus at desales.edu. Until next time, Bulldogs.